Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Down the block, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle has won. G'day guys, welcome back to the Supercoach Summer Series brought to you by the Rugby League Guru and the Weekly Rubdown. Lucky enough to be joined today by Natty and Wook. Boys, what is doing? What's going on, mate? G'day, g'day. How's things? Yeah, all going well, mate. Wook, uh, you made your debut the other day. How, how'd you feel you went? Oh, mate, I got myself a century. It was good. Um, yeah, got a six on the first ball. It was, yeah. Look, I, I threw it out of the park. Adam Reynolds, absolute legend. We don't want to draft him, though. But, look, at the end of the day, he's going to kill it for the Bronx. You no, almost convinced God. me there. Nat, what's doing? Fuck, look, started the pot. It took, what, all of 40 <laughs> seconds for him to bring up the Broncos. Spare me. Now, thankfully, we've got no Brisbane Broncos on the card today. We have got a Thank former God. Bronco Just card. Trailer. Just the trader. Yeah, we've got, we've got our gun, which is Harry Grant, one of my all-time favourites. A very interesting guy heading into season 2022. Our wild card... Tavita Pangai Jr., another guy that I've drafted numerous times over the last few years and has consistently fisted me year in, year out. And then we've got our bang for buck. Uh, one that I think is going to be really interesting, the one that I think is going to fly heavily under the radar of a lot of guys, Dallin Wateni's a Lesniak over at the New Zealand Warriors. We will get to uh, TPJ and DWZ in a moment, but Harry Grant finished last year with a 73 average. Pretty impressive considering... I think he played 80 minutes twice or something. Natty, where are you sitting on with Harry Grant? Excuse me for a second. Uh, right. So if you listen to episode two, we fucking dribbled on at length about the hooker position. Harry Grant is your standout number one hooker. It is Grant and then fucking blinding daylight. Long-lasting blinding daylight to the next fucking hooker. So that just catapults him up in your draft rankings. Now, we've talked about him being an out-and-out five. I'm happy with uh, just him in. Sharpie him in at five. I'm happy for him to go at five. That 75 average from 58 minutes with the potential for him to play 80. We don't know how Bellyache is going to run this storm side with Cheese and Harry Grant. 
On one hand, yes, you know, Delfinucan has moved on to the Sharks. It opens a spot up at lock. Chiefs can go in there. He can have a look at what sort of 80-minute hooker he's got in Harry Grant. Or he just sticks to what happened, you know, in 2021, which was a lovely one-two punch with Harry Grant starting with Chiefs. Takes the sting out of the defense, then Harry Grant comes on and plays against some tied defenders. It really worked nice for the Storm. So either way, it doesn't change the fact that Harry Grant's number one in my books. And I mean, when we have a look at those numbers, last year he only started in the nine jersey three times. Uh, rounds 80, he played 68 minutes, he scored 103. Round 23, he played the full 80 minutes, he scored 97. Round 24, he played 77 minutes, and that was the upset loss to the Parramatta Eels. Now, he only scored 40 points in that game, and I would say 40 points is going to be the absolute basement, the absolute rock bottom for Harry Grant. For those three games, he still averaged 80 points. Uh, He only scored one try across those three games as well. I mean, I just think there's so much upside in Harry Grant this year. Mm. Where do you, Wookie, if I I forced you, put a gun to your head, where do you think his average sort of finishes if we assume he plays 80 minutes next year? I think, look, to be honest, with the output that he can get with the skills that he's got, he can be pushing up towards the 90s, mid-90s. Um, you, you're putting an extra 20 minute, 22 minutes in his kit bag. What, what can he? We've seen what he can do with 20 minutes. Like, look, I, I think there's huge potential for him. He hasn't been. He wasn't the high, high ceiling player that um, probably we thought he might have been last season, due to the fact that he only played 50, 50 to 60 minutes most games. But look, yeah, when you when you take into account that his floor is only 40, and you're going to be, he's a captain option every week. Like you, you, you virtually don't even don't even have to move it, and I think yeah, the only sign is pointing up. And I think you know, as you said, he didn't have that extremely high ceiling last year that we expected. But you know, in the two games that he played, you know, close to eighty minutes, he went ninety seven, he went one hundred and three, he got one hundred and five on another occasion. But the thing that stands out for me is his low scores. So we mentioned 40. There was a game where he got 33, played very limited minutes in that one. His third lowest score for the entire year was 59. Uh, that screams volumes to me. Mm. Yeah, 100%, yeah. 100%. And the thing that I love about him is the way that he plays the game suits the way that the Storm play their game. Do you know what I mean? He's obviously got a really good PPM, um, but he, he plays for a team that likes to hammer it up the middle, that likes to smash the opposition's guts. And that's the way he likes to play as well. You know, tied bodies in the middle third of the field. He makes a scoot out of dummy half. He's making the most out of little puppy as support play and Jerome Hughes coming up and supporting as well. That's where he makes all, all his super coach points. And of course, when they get into the red zone, when they're 10 metres out, that little dart out of dummy half and putting one of those big, big boys over. I mean, the storm forwards, especially their front rowers and lock score more tries than any other team. And he's the one giving him the ball. It's just money for jam. Yeah. And mate, when yeah. I have a look at his stats from the from the fifteen games he played, he scored five tries, he had nine try assists, he had eight line break assists, and he averaged thirty one tackles. Now, if he covers all of that in the first ten weeks of the twenty twenty two season, are we gonna be shocked at all? No. No yeah. uh, not at all. Not at all. I mean the thing that's gonna be um awesome about twenty twenty two, he's gonna come in fucking healthy. Yeah. Going to come in go. with a proper, proper off-season, proper pre-season. Like, yeah, all, all signs are pointing to, like, pick five, probably your safest pick because you know who you're going to be getting. Exactly. You know who you're going to go for. Right. Just stress-free for the rest yeah. of the draft. Pick six, back. pick six is fucked, but pick five, how, how good? Yep. 
100%. Another thing is, like, obviously, coming into 2021, it was Cheese versus Grant. It was, like, who's going to be the the lasting hooker here? Who's really going to get the nine? We know who it is now. I mean, yes, Cheese is going to be there next year. And, you know, he's a professional. He's going to put his best foot forward. He's going to play really well. But it's just one less thing that Grant needs to worry about. He is the nine for the Storm in future seasons. It's, you know, and you, you got to weigh that up when you're talking about guys and the way they're going to approach their, their game coming into the season as well. Oh, I think as well the fact that they've let Dale Finucane go, that fills me with confidence. If Nelson Asafa-Solomona isn't in this team because he's not vaccinated too, that just says to me they need Brandon Smith at 13 100% without a doubt. And it just goes from strength to strength yep. then because then you've got Grant's going to play upwards of 65, 70, if not 80. But then you've got Cheese playing bulk minutes at lock. What does he do best? He gets fucking quick play the balls. Who benefits the most out of quick play the balls? Harry Grant. Mm. It just just blows my mind the fucking potential we've got here, lads. Now, I had to do a little bit of extra research on Harry Grant because our good mates over at Supercoach Stats uh, of (laughs) shitting the bed fame, unfortunately, had a better crocker this afternoon, wasn't working. But the one thing that I did notice, and I, I have agreed with everything you've both said, I think Harry Grant's a gun, I think he's a standout number five. But the reality is, in draft competitions, it's the last four weeks that matters. Now, if your grand final is in round 25, finals week one, Harry Grant is going to play Penrith in Penrith. Assuming you win that game, you get the week off, which is Brisbane the next week, which, uh, Wook, I'm sure you'll agree, they would have absolutely fucking given it to them. We go to the week after that, they play the Roosters down in Melbourne, and then they play Parramatta um, at Bank West. So as far as... Yeah, it's a tough draw, though, to play the Chooks and the Penrith Panthers in, you know, what, what could be must-win games for you. The Roosters one definitely will be a must-win game. That could be a grand final as well. That's the only thing that worries me with his attacking upside, how he's going to go against those top sides. If Melbourne are locked into a top four spot, does he get a spell at the end? There's a lot of guys that are going to be in the same boat, but it's something you have to consider, right, Nat? Yeah, 100%. And so how I'm how I'm sort of envisioning the draft, and this is how it, it, it like helps me make a decision on guys like this, is say, just so, say I pick Harry Grant at five, and then I'm middle of... Round two, and I pick up Nico Hines as my fullback, right? So now I'm running with Harry Grant and Nico Hines, and that's within the realms of possibility that I can get both those guys where I'm picking in a 10 man league. Um, or I pick someone like Latrell Mitchell, um, five, then pick someone like, I don't know, Appy Corusau in round three. So you've got to think about what, what duo would you rather there? Do you know mm, what I mean? Yeah. And so I think I think the fact that you can pick Harry Grant at five and you can circle back and there's still there's some really quality fullbacks that you can pick in round two and round three, a lot higher quality than the hookers you can pick in those rounds, that makes the decision easy for me. I mean if you pick the troll into Coruscant, I'm fucking nervous. Personally. <laughs> yeah. Because both both of them have a lot of question marks about what their output's gonna be next season. So hundred percent. Hundred percent. So I mean, if you if you get five, you, however your commissioner does it, if he draws it out of a hat or whatever, you'd fucking do a boat race, I don't know, um, and you get five, just pick Grant. Simple. Yeah. yeah. If you win your boat race, it's as simple as that. Let's move to our wild card. We're going to go for Tavita Pangai Jr. Now, obviously, moving clubs, arriving at Canterbury, and 
It's an interesting one because we spoke about Matty Burton last week and I threw up the suggestion that if you're going to get Matt Burton, you pair him up with Raymond Fitala Mariner, who I believe is going to be on the left edge mm. for Canterbury. We're now hearing that it could be Tavita Pangai Jr. And for me, I don't really need much for me to lift my stocks in Tavita Pangai Jr. I've always really liked him in Supercoach, even though he lets me down consistently. But good God, if he's outside Matty Burton, um, you've got to get some movement there, don't you, boys? Oh, 100%. And, I mean, we talked about this in episode one of the Supercoach Summer Series, Guru. We were talking about how Matty Burton, big frame, big boy, his running game is going to be a big part of how he approaches the attack for the dogs. It's going to attract a lot of defenders when he's got the ball in hand, and it's really going to open up some space for the guys outside him. So, I mean, if you're a defender and you've got a big body 5'8 who likes to to run the ball and then you've got fucking Tavita Pangai Jr. next to him, it's got, there's going to be headaches all over the place. You might as well just put your hands on your head. I'm not playing anymore. Fucking do what you like, boys, because it's going to be that devastating. I mean, Tavita Pangai Jr., the way he plays the game, 12 games at Brisbane where, where he was... Oh, and that's it. 12 games at Brisbane where he's playing really big minutes. You know, he floated around that 45 to 50 base, but he had 3.4 tackle breaks a game, 3.25 offloads a game, and 13.5 runs a game. It's just... He's one of those players that's just super coach built. Yeah. His game is so yeah. sexy for super coach. Walk, are you confident picking a Canterbury back rower as early as you're going to have to take TPJ? That's that. That is the big question mark. Is they've got a they've got a young side. They've got a very very talented side, but they've got a young side. So, um, look, the 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 spine has potential, but it doesn't instill them with a huge amount of confidence. And that's that's the big sticking point. I think that they might get a bit bullied by some teams. And I think that's where look we we saw TPJ last season. He he kind of he stormed the trenches for the Broncos dragging guys over the line. Um, look, I think he, he's the type of guy to um, to kind of carry um, the doggies in, in times that they need him. Um, he just needs to stay on the field. Um, and that's that's been his hardest hardest thing in the past few seasons is is not having that brain snap moment. He always flirts with the um, that aggression, where similar to Latrell, where he goes a little bit too far. Oh, he'll be sitting on the pine mm. in if not once, multiple times. Yeah, and that's and that's that's what that's what you got to think about. If you're if you're going to be spending a pick three, maybe even pick two on him, which is effectively what we're probably talking about round to get three. him. Round three, you mean? Ra- oh, so sorry, round three. So I mean, I mean, your your pick number three. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So we're, we're talking like in the in the twenties, maybe, or, or maybe even in the late teens. Um, uh, it's a big ask, but look, to be honest, we know what he can do, and he scores tries. He loves loves getting across the line, and that that power base is something to behold. He's a scary prospect because he could be the best forward in Supercoach by a country mile if he gets it all right. But it wouldn't surprise me if in seven months' time we're doing a review. And I could say the sentence, TPJ averaged 51, or I could say the sentence, TPJ averaged 85. And I don't think either would overly surprise me, boys. Yeah, 100%. And look, he's sort of like a poor man's David Fafita. And when I say that, I'm looking at the way that these teams are structured. You've obviously got the Titans. They're going to have a young spine. I'm not sure exactly how they're going to use David Fafita. But look, if they just think we've got this hulking monster out here let's just feed him early ball and just let him do his thing 
you know, Dave Fafita could go on and have another 80, 80 averaging season. I think the same thing with the Dogs and Tavita Pango Jr. If they just go, look, let's just give it to the big fella. Let's give him time to move out there so we can make his tackle breaks and, and, and put blokes in space and some second phase play with his offloads. I think Tavita could go really well. But it's just whether they use him like that, if they use him correctly. I can see a world where you could go him in round three. I, I probably can't see him going in round two, even in a really deep league. But round three, I can see if we get to the trials and he plays every single game on the right edge, what sort of an impact does that have on him? Does that drop him down a few rounds? Does it? Do you take a couple of average off him? Because I think definitely that left edge back rower spot outside Matty Burden, that is going to be the real estate that you Probably want. God knows yeah. what that fucking right side is going to look like. Wook, what are your thoughts? Oh, and that's that's the difficulty is we don't we don't one hundred percent know whose house partner is going to be. And look, uh, and when I'm talking about house partner, I mean house partner to Burton. We just don't know who that's going to be yet. So the trials are going to be super fucking important. And you, you want to be making sure you're not drafting before the trials because, fuck, we're, we're going to need a lot of this information to, to start to to get the fucking sketchpad out to figure out what we're doing. Because um, I think for Taylor Mariner, he played left uh, before he got injured yeah, last season. Yep. So you'd expect him to fall back into that position with um, Adam Elliott, Gornsky's. So, yeah, it's... It, it, I think all signs are pointing to that. But Taylor Mariner is a guy that I've got a bit of a hard on for that I've um, been a bit disappointed with his um, injury injury record. But um, yeah, I think TPJ, you got to knock off a couple of couple from you, your expected average from him because it's whoever gets that real estate for mm-hmm. me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let, let me ask you this. If you get TPJ and he's on the left side, obviously partnering up with a Matty Burton would be sensational. Uh, I'm not confident he stays there the entire season. What would you say about, you know, if, if you got a TPJ and you didn't get a fullback, do you go a little bit later and do you gamble on a Matt Dufty? Obviously, TPJ, he's going to be offloading like crazy. They're going to, I would assume they're going to use him to the best of his ability, which is when he's offloading. Matt Dufty, I'm not a huge fan of him, but to his credit, he is pushing up on everything got, all the time. He- He's got such a good super coach game, though, for yeah. how he sniffs around the rock. And, and if, you, if you're going TPJ, I think we said the same last week, don't dip your toe in. Do you dive all in, and do you, do you just take a Matt Dufty a little bit later to go for those sort of games where it looks like Canterbury could put on some points, and it could be anything between the two of them? And I think so. I think so. Obviously, if you're taking some of these guys as early as you're going to need to, and we're talking about Matt Burton and Tavita Pango Jr., you're going to have to go early on them. Um, your that pick you've obviously got some confidence in the dogs and the way they're going to play in 2022. So like you said, don't just dip your toe in, fucking dive in and get amongst this dog side and just capitalize on what you think is going to happen. Uh, the, one, yeah. the one thing we need to take into account though is the pre-draft lists. Um, Dufty will be coming in at uh, probably about number eight due to his high average from last season. So mm. I think he averaged about 68. So that, that, that'll be a tough ask because someone's going to go early on him just based on average alone. Good. You let, can, him, let him. Yeah. No, no, no. Hundred percent. Yeah. His value is probably around that fifty-five mark. You're not going to be getting that, I don't think. And if yeah. you're a guy that you know you want TPJ, you know you're going to back him. I would start mm. to uh, plant some seeds in the group chat. You know, bagging Matt Dufty, Avarillo will play fullback, <laughs> all that sort of shit. Play the long game because if you are going all in on TPJ, I think you should partner him up with someone 
and uh, go all in there. Let's go to our uh, bang for buck. And I absolutely love this guy. I had him in my side last year. Uh, he was playing at the Canterbury Bulldogs for quite some time. Dallin Martini Zalesniak uh, was playing fullback there. I don't, I'm not sure if I've seen a guy that is less of a fullback than DWZ, but at Canterbury, they just didn't have any other options. He's an absolute base stat monster. From memory, he averages about 38 points per game, which is incredibly impressive. Now he's at the New Zealand Warriors. He's playing on the right wing. We know who has just arrived at the Warriors, the right side specialist, Sean Johnson. We've seen uh, Sharks wingers on the right side over the last few years have had an absolute (laughs) field day off the back of Sean Johnson. Mate, DWZ, I think he is a huge smoky this year to get some serious points out of. What are your thoughts, Natty? Mate, it's funny with DWZ because sort of last year he was just going under the radar and just performing without anyone really noticing. And Wooker and I didn't really touch on him much in our podcast and content throughout 2021 until someone sort of said, boys, you want to fucking have a look at DWZ and the way that he's going? And we dove into it and I was like, fuck me, where did he come from? Yeah. Just quietly going about his business. Um, had a really solid team, uh, uh, year. And this is when he's playing for the Woeful Dogs. Then he made a mid-season switch to the Warriors. Then they had their own issues with injuries and keeping a consistent team in the park. And, mate, he had his career year last year. Highest ever average his career. Highest PPM and best coefficient of variance. In well, his it was it was averaging about sixty while he was playing fullback at the doggies. And yeah, mate, he was that, doing very he was, well. He was killing it. Yeah, he was a guy that I picked up in my comp off the waiver wire, and I just I couldn't believe he was there. I know I can't remember mm-hmm. who it was. Someone drafted him in my comp, and I look back at his scores, and I I mean he opened the season with an 89, 25, 71, 56, 66. I mean. He was scoring fucking well at Canterbury, who were going like an absolute bustard. Uh, once he arrived at the Warriors, though, he was just sensational on that wing. Obviously, you know, my, it was sort of a hallmark of my season last year. It came to nothing, but having Reese Walsh and him, it was such a good combo to have. They produced so many points off each other, and I just think SJ, he, he will be such a good foil for this guy. And, I mean, if you can get a slice of that Warriors right edge between SJ, Josh Curran, Dallin... There is some serious points to be had there, Walk. Oh God, yeah. Uh, and you, you want to, you want a piece of that on that edge. Yeah. And hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I think I, I, I do really like um, Aiken as well. Yeah. Uh, I think what, what he offers, and I never thought, even like looking at how good his running game was, I never thought that he would make it as a as a second row. But he's he fucking killed it last season. So yeah, there's there's a whole bunch of I, I'm looking at the um, the Warriors like I wasn't looking at them last season. That's for sure. Boys, could you imagine the vibes at training with SJ back there? Yeah. Oh, 
God, the Messiah returning, mate. And mate, mate, you you also know that he's hard. he's going to get the best out of Reese Walsh too. That's what really yeah. excites me. Mate, he's going to get the best out of everyone yeah. in that side. I mean, I think I think you'll see a big uplift in the Warriors, especially like these outside backs. So you've obviously got Hiku heading off to the Cows. Fusatua, he's fucked off to the UK. So you'd think when Montoya locked down that left wing, DWZ gets the right. You probably got Rocco Berry and Pompey in the centres. That's that's a young, hungry, impressionable fucking team with pace to burn that are just going to be looking at SJ just going, let's go, brother. Let's get it done. I'm excited for the Warriors, man. I really am. I love this side. I love how they've set up. I love the forward pack. I love SJ coming back in the side. I'm excited about Reese Walsh. I'm just going to be buying into this this Warriors side. The other thing to remember with DWZ, and I'm just double-checking it in front of me now, yeah, he is dual position. So he's center-wing fullback. Now, is he a top-shelf fullback? No, he's not by any means. But, God, if, if your number one fullback goes down for three to four weeks, gets suspended, goes to origin, does anything, to be able to shift DWZ there and know, okay, I'm going to get 45 here. If he scores a try, I'll get 70. And a team that should be scoring a heap of tries, it, it could be a little nugget of gold there for people. Jules, baby. We keep saying it. Yeah. Get him in your side. Get 100%. as many fucking jewels as you can. Do you think he's, he's almost certainly going to be a top 40 center win? I'll, oh. I would I would, I would expect. So, 100, bro. He's And the fact that he's off, offering dual position with fullback, which, I mean... I, How much did I wasn't, it help last year I'll, when we had a yeah. CCW fullback? Yeah, exactly. I wasn't thinking about DWZ that much at the start of the season, but mate, this is this is really turning around because yeah, the whole the whole story about the Warriors, about all the shit that they've had to go through the last couple of seasons with COVID and all that, not being able to go home and, and all that jazz. They're due a fucking ripper of a season, and uh, mate, all signs are pointing to them like making the eight and actually giving it a bit of a shake if they if everything can fall into place. And mate, they're, they're also going to be going home this year. To, well, we, mm. we're hoping they do go home. If they do, that only helps their cause. We've we've spoken about the importance of Jules. Now he's CTW slash fullback. I think if you're going to go him, you pair him up with Sean Johnson, who is obviously halfback slash five eight. You're covering four positions Pinnacle there in two guys. Oh. And they've so got a good. combo together. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. 100%. I mean, look, at the end of 2022, if I said to you guys, DWZ scored 17 tries, does it shock you? No. 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 Look, he's he's capable of it. Um, the one thing he didn't really have that much in his game was that ball playing at fullback. And, mate, playing wing, doesn't need it. Doesn't matter just anymore. Just doesn't matter mate, at all. So He's just going to get fucking sweet-ass fucking balls from SJ that he's going to be in space. He's going to be sitting out there with his dick in his hand, just waiting to put the ball down and score a try. Line break, try. Thanks for coming. Easy. Yeah, He's going to get, be getting early ball because SJ doesn't want to be asked running the ball anymore. Now, the other thing to consider with DWZ, and also if you are going to go with the SJ double, their run home is sensational, especially if you're going to have a good run as mm. far as finals go. Round 22, they play the Bulldogs in New Zealand. Now, I'm hoping that even if they don't get back to New Zealand until later, surely they'll be there by round 22. I absolutely love that matchup. The next week, they go to Townsville for a 6 p.m. Friday. You're assuming that'll be dry footy up there, very suited to the Warriors. The week after, they play the Penrith Panthers, which is a bit of a kick in the dick in Penrith. But that's round 24. Um, you know, 
if you can put up with that win and find a way to get around it, you got the Titans come grand final week uh, in New Zealand, 3 p.m. Saturday. That is Warriors o'clock. I love that time slot for them. The, the big thing for DWZ is he's probably going to be your third or fourth CTW. So he's going to be part of a rotation that you'll probably have in your bench. So when you do come up against tough opposition like the Panthers, maybe he sits that week. Mm. and you rotate your, your CTWs in that have got better matchups. You know what I mean? Like, with his average and... I mean, no one's looking at DWZ. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. you're going to get him for value. That's why we've got him as it's the bang for your buck. He's a massive bang for your buck play. Um, he's just going to be part of your CTW rotation depending on matchups. And if you make it in your grand finals and just say, you know, your grand final is round 24 against the Panthers... If you've done it right, if you've hit the waivers right and you've picked up free agents and you've listened to the best podcast in the Supercoach game, the weekly rubdown and the rugby league guru, then you fucking know and you've picked up the best and you just put someone in that's got a better matchup. The last thing I'll say on them is, uh, and obviously I'm talking about Sean Johnson a lot, but that grand final matchup against the Titans, if there's one team that I think by round 25, they could just be saying, I am fucking begging for Mad Monday. It could be the Titans with this very young squad. Uh, their their entire spine is coming into this season with about 50 first-grade games between them. We know what SJ has done in the past to the Gold Coast Titans. Half of his fucking highlight reels are against the Titans. I absolutely love DWZ come grand final weekend. He's a guy, if you can get both of them, these are two guys that I genuinely want in my Supercoach team come grand final week if it's round 25 against the Titans in New Zealand. They could be playing for a final spot there. It would just be unreal theatre and they'd be so up for it, it's not even funny. Imagine imagine the Titans at the end of this season, this young squad having to get on a fucking plane to go to Auckland. I couldn't Ooh. think of anything worse. And, I mean, up until round 25 of... 2021 season warriors have had the titans number in spades they always flog them they always put their best game to save their fucking best game to when they play the titans even when it's at rabina when they're playing titans at home um all the warriors fans get there like i live on the gold coast i go to the games where warriors are playing titans and mate you're outnumbered up there there's more warriors fans that go to those games than there are titans fans <laughs> yeah i gotta so tell I'm, you i'm over him I'm a little bit worried that he might. You might have to go him a little bit higher than what we think right now. Um, come come the actual Supercoach season, once we see a couple of trials, once we see SJ throw a couple of passes and they see that link up, I, I just think this one. I'm surprised more people haven't been talking about it already, but I just think it'll become more and more obvious as the season comes. But hopefully not. Hopefully it'll be a good one for both of our listeners. Boys, that is uh, the Supercoach Summer Series. That is Ep 3 done and dusted. Wook with his second game up. How'd you feel, mate? Mate, I'll be pulling up sore tomorrow, but yeah, I think I think we got through a few tough runs. Um, yeah. This one, I, I didn't get across the strike as many times, but look, that's because there wasn't any Broncos at all. Uh, we'll throw a Broncos player in next <laughs> week, mate. Can't win them all. Did Stags without me? <laughs> well, I did feel like I was cheating on you then. Oh, I, I, big time. I felt dirty. Big time. I felt dirty after. Because you know how big I wanted. <laughs> Oh, God. Boys, Ep3, Supercoach Summer Series. Uh, Thanks for joining me once again, and we'll be back for Episode 4 over the next few days. Hold up. What was that? 
Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.